This is episode 252 of G.I. Joe Berg entitled Drone Warfare. I am Orobo Steve. I'm joined by... Paul. Robo and... Rob ready. And he's ready and he interrupts other people. Hello. Rob. <laughs> Robo right. Rob. Can you imagine doing an entire Rob. show with this voice? Rob. Rob. Sorry, Steve. I'm clowning the late great Daft Punk. Oh man, wasn't it around this time last year that we were, well, shocked by the news that they were they were done? Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Then also not shocked because they'd been so quiet after doing their previous album. So. <laughs> but they're always quiet after doing an album. Like, they drop an album exactly. every decade. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, and it's always amazing. But we're not here to talk about Daft Punk. We're here to talk about G.I. Joe and its relationship with drones. Now, mm. it might be very apparent to anyone, or it might come as a surprise, but G.I. Joe has had drone warfare in its DNA since the very beginning, practically. Starting with the pack rats and the snake armor in 1983, there has been a procession of automated attack and utility weapons and equipment uh, throughout the G.I. Joe line. And today, we're going to do an overview of, well, at least the ones in the classic AROR line, maybe even give them a rate and a mini review, and a few notable mentions from outside the AROR era. But first... Gentlemen, aye, 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 aye. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> what are you doing, Vapor? Is Vapor a aye, 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 aye. <laughs> I mean, with a face like that? The <laughs> hurricane uh, pilot certainly does look more machine than man, he might and maybe there fine. is an argument to be said there. But uh, we're talking strict drones here, not cyborgs. Yeah. Um, we'll get Vapor. into the more contentious stuff in a bit. But, gentlemen, another week has passed. How the hell are you? Oh, <laughs> what a week. Uh, can I say mine for last? I want to hear you guys first. <laughs> well, Rob's going to talk about the weather. Oh, hell yeah. It's been absolutely amazing. It's been <laughs> nice and cold. Uh, yeah, it's just been a, an eventful week. Uh, I started watching Stranger Things Volume 4 or Season 4. Oh, cool. It's, it's very exciting oh, from the very four. start. Well, I don't know. It's Stranger Things 4. Um, it's exciting from the very get-go. I, I, I need to keep going. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. Uh, still strong with the force, <laughs> thankfully. Mm. Steven, how are you? Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, has been on my, my weekly Obi rotation. Wayne? As nice. is season three of The Boys. My Oh, good. Have you started? I haven't started Goal. yet. Yeah. What <laughs> absolutely horrifying first episode it just sets the tone for things to come um yeah i'll uh, be watching that after the recording i cannot believe kim watches it with me i mean she, she hides she hides her face a lot of the time but uh, she she's a brave soul and she she keeps cursing like 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 she's i don't know masochistically subjecting herself to it because it's spicy food, dude. like, why am I watching this? Why? I hate this so much. Because <laughs> yeah, it's spicy, it spicy food, man. Boys is there another episode? <laughs> those super hot noodles, those super hot Korean noodles that you get, and it says two times spicy. It's those. 
You, 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 know, you know you shouldn't yeah. eat them, but you do. You and you're do. like, <laughs> and you cry and you have like tissue paper with you to wipe your eyes out. But you have to be careful not to wipe your eyes with the same tissue you wiped your mouth with. Otherwise, you double die. <laughs> yeah, that's the voice, dude. <laughs> very, come back very painful. Uh, mm. But speaking of pain, gents, I have an interesting quickfire topic for you both. Have All you right. ever incurred air, any injuries while playing with G.I. Joe's? Hmm. Does, does burning yourself or customizing them count? <laughs> I will accept. Yeah, sure. How often do you yeah. do that, Paul? Uh, when I was a kid, <laughs> we used to use lighters to create some um, battle effects and stuff. And uh, you forget, you know, that screwdriver gets a bit hot. And you don't think that it's staying hot. And then you're just like, ha, 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 and then you grab the tip and you're like, Ay! or um, well, you do that mistake at least once, twice, if you, you know, if you're feeling adventurous. And then um, there have been a few times where we've like melted plastic to join weapons, you know, to, to sort of suture weapons together to uh, Viper arms, well, not Viper, but Cobra arms. And uh, sometimes that plastic, you know, you sort of have to maneuver it to try and, you know, get that suture working and yeah you burn your fingers a little bit and it sticks to any your finger permanent scars nah ah all right yeah. robbie you playing it safe buddy to the to the best of my knowledge i haven't um maybe like one or two like cuts or bruises but i mean i maybe getting a cold afterwards like after we played in the <laughs> rain or something but other than that i can't really think of any like like major things that ever happened when we were playing or even Didn't, on my own uh, I mean, we were down in the rocks, like it was a rocky bottom when we set the the flag sailing. Uh, and at one point, like, you were scrambling oh, over the like, rocks. Yeah, I think I bashed my knee, didn't I? I think it was, oh, yeah. I think my knee was something like that, yeah. Had a bit of a stumble, because, I mean, I think I, no, not, neither of us had any footwear. Um, nah, but, uh, no, not water, you, water footwear. If you suddenly had to come. move and you were on a kind of a rocky bottom, it is a bit uh, dicey. I think I think there was a stumble, maybe even a fall. Hey, did you fall? In I, I I think I might have actually. Yeah, because yeah, actually, now that you bring it up, yeah, the the, the, the rocks were pretty like slimy, um, and you you had to stay in the water with the flag. So I was the person who had to like fetch everything essentially. It's so, like we needed something. Okay, go fetch it over there. Come bring it back. And yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I must have at least fallen at least once, and I might have gotten a bruise from it, but nothing major, um, or like stubbed a toe. But not anything where I'm like, oh god, no. <laughs> I bled for the Joes. So MCDJ, ACDC uh, is in the chats talking about bug bites, and for for that Ooh. chat, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I show you to episode two hundred and fifty one of GI Joeberg, where yeah, I got a mosquito bite on my balls. But <laughs> the update this episode, um, I was scrambling around in the kind of very swampy low tide uh and a super sharp shell mm. uh grazed Awful. my heel and actually cut me fairly deeply i think it would have actually bled if i didn't have it packed with river mud so it was <laughs> oh, it was like tactic. yeah it was stopped up with gack oh it's not a nice survival like you know like uh fix there just i don't know if that's legit i mean it sounds like a <laughs> recipe for infection i'm sure dr kimberly would uh, not approve but so far so good like is it just a deep gash on my foot that isn't bleeding 
Um, it just is a flap of skin. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do for our toys. But, uh, okay, that's enough of that. Gentlemen, I have another ambush topic. This one's suggested by Railroad in the Bergforce. Oh what goodness. is your view on army building? Now, just to set the tone, army building doesn't necessarily have to be relegated to an actual army builder. Uh, notable names in the G.I. Joe community who army build. We've got, obviously, Zazel Phoenix over at Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse, who is on the road to getting 777 Sergeant Slaughters of various scales and lines. He's collecting wrestling figures. He's collecting Action Force. He's collecting A-Raw, the, uh, the four initial appearances of the Sarge, be it Mail Away, Triple T, Warthog, or Slaughter's Marauders. Um, we got others. Uh, Mike from What's On Joe Mind is a beachhead guy. He's collecting beachheads. Bobby Valor collects the original Steel Brigade. Um, Dan from uh, Toy Galaxy. Can anyone venture a guess as to what he army builds? Oh, Boba Fett. Very good, Paul. You've been listening. Uh, yeah. Boba Fett, exactly. Jason from Order of Battle. Jason! <laughs> what does he collect? Eels version mm. 2, but most specifically the robot shark the robot shark yeah very tidy tidy army of the robot shark and his son is a, a scrap iron collector he has mm. an actual unit of like troops that scrap iron commands of course they all scrap look like him yeah <laughs> um but that's that's awesome man it's a great base figure why the hell not it's anonymous enough you only see the mouth so it could very well be an army builder a very clean shaven army builder so the question, gents, is when did you first, it's a two-parter, when did you first build an army and what is your view on army building for you personally and then for the community at large? Oh, Rob? okay. I'll... Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess for Paul can keep quiet for a bit longer. I think... Apparently. <laughs> I nobody think... cares about my day or week. <laughs> Fuck that. Your, la your lousy audio. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever really tried to army build. I mean, I think other than maybe scoop, am I army building scoop? I don't think I'm doing it on purpose. It's just it's it's just oh, happening what? organically. I'm accidentally, I'm accidentally buying all the scoops. <laughs> well no, I'm I'm not like actively going out to buy more. Like okay, yes I did in the States. I bought two scoops and you know, then I had three. But and others have found their way to me, but it's not like I'm like going out of my way to, you know, have the biggest scoop collection in the world. Um I think, but would you I like to army build scoop? That's a more pointed question. Would I like to? Um, yes. I, I don't is think so, it is. Is this becoming a thing with you? Maybe it is becoming a thing, but I don't think it's necessary. Like I have my scoop. I have because the problem with scoop is there isn't. There's only one version of him. I mean, two technically with the, um, uh, the convention exclusive. Um, I'm not seeing a problem here. <laughs> multiple <laughs> versions then you have to settle on which one you want to build out oh, that's true. Uh, it's whereas... kind of easier to get just one but the thing is i love him so much that i want other people to be able to have him so i wouldn't want to kind of like uh, i wouldn't say hoard him but i want everyone to be able to have a scoop and then once everyone so has a scoop, hasbro in the maybe 1980s I can have made made enough scoops uh to go oh, around okay. so just... <laughs> um i don't think I don't think I would like to uh, army world scoop because I only have so much space. And I think I love the figure, but I really can't imagine owning 
more than a few of him. Um, I don't know how many a few is. Um, it's probably under 100. <laughs> Gosh, okay. Berg Force up there and Giacho Berg listeners, stop sending Rob scoops. No, you no you're more than, <laughs> more than welcome to. But like, okay, send, send Rob scoop. scoops. No, I'm t- you're more than welcome to if you really have your own. Like, I'd rather everyone get a scoop into their collection first before they choose to to send you know extras so you know if there are extras oh, well. you're welcome to send it to me but yeah i don't feel like i need to have every scoop in the world i i feel that everyone should have a scoop but i think we accidentally did it with um um wild bull i think we ended up oh. having like three or four of this that same wild bull from the 90s oh, the, the action the, the action core whatever they're called iron iron battle call that'll call that one um we accidentally have three or four of them for some reason i have no idea how that happened but but I, i've yeah. never actively tried to army build someone i think he was a birthday present from multiple givers and then yeah some i years had one on the line oh you had one okay okay yeah, yeah then we both had, had one, one so that made well. two, two and then my father sweet man he, he was <laughs> in the vicinity of an old toy shop that we used to visit when i was a much younger man i think by that stage i was in my 20s and he hmm. found battle call Caval- ca- cavalry man uh wild oh, he bill did, yeah in a shop yeah, and like a fun joke yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> very sweet um <laughs> but yeah, that was that was that do you remember rob we once stumbled onto an ebay auction for six 1980 1985 eels yes and they were think... they were for it was a buy it now price of 60 dollars and i was like ten dollars an eel they're complete except for the obviously the hose that's why mm. the guy was selling them off i suppose but they were in great shape chest symbol in immaculate condition on all six and we jumped at that so that i think was the first like instant army build that we ever had and eels they're an immaculate figure to have multiples of particularly if you have any cobra nautical equipment a bug yeah. a hammerhead a moray just looks fantastic with as many eels as possible crammed on the hull (laughs) i think i think it makes sense to a certain degree like you can have a unit of of certain characters uh i mean i wouldn't personally get like hundreds of the same character um but i think army building has its place it it makes your collection look more lived in and more realistic i think by having multiples of these troops i think it makes sense exclude the named characters which is really just your your eccentricity i mean like if you if you want to build out beachhead that's terrific but you're only ever going to want one beachhead to be the beachhead character uh mm. the rest is just like your obsession with that sculpt perhaps hey mike beachhead mike um or, and the same goes <laughs> for sergeant slaughter like it's just a love letter to this favorite favorite character uh to mm. want as many versions of him and as many duplicate versions as possible to build out this this display um the ultimate shrine if you will but if we are talking about actual strict army builders the cobra officer cobra trooper crimson god uh snow serpent eel what is the optimum number that you would aim to have is it two is it four is it six is it eight is it ten is it an odd number perhaps meow (laughs) paul we haven't heard from you in a while yeah no, what's going on <laughs> i'm dying to weigh in on this just wanted to let you guys have your your moment in the sun oh. uh okay let me answer the first question um 
when did you first start army building if you did uh for me i would say it was definitely modern era uh because i really really like the alley vipers and i got that cobra um a defensive cobra island pack and it had that uh the cool orange and blue alley viper and then not long after that the pursuit of cobra line came out and it was actually a lot more like sort of economical to actually buy a case of that wave as opposed to trying to buy them individually. It actually saved me like $30 most times. So I would get like two Alley Vipers in some of those cases. And eventually, I think I accrued, this is the POC Alley Viper. I think I got two Alley Vipers in that first wave case and I picked up and then they sort of re-released them again. And then I got another two. So in total, I have like five of them. And then I have the the driver of the, uh, I keep wanting to call it the Rage, but the modern era Rage, uh, the name, it just escapes me right now. But that came with an Ellie Viper driver. So well, I kind of... It's a synonym for Rage. Mm. Venom. Fury. Yeah. Yes, Fury. well, the Fury came out. Anyway. Um, I got one of those guys and then I, before I knew it, I actually had a squad of Alley Vipers and a really cool vehicle to tack them all onto because a bunch of Alley Vipers on, on the Fury look pretty cool actually. And then I just, uh, I really liked that idea. And then I thought, oh cool, it would be nice to own maybe one or two Cobra Vipers. And thanks to POC, they also did a, a whole bunch of Cobra Vipers. And I bought about, I've got about five or six of them and I got about three iron brigade uh, iron grenade uh steel brigaders and i've got um some iron grenadiers i've got four of them uh from modern era hey and there was another one oh and then the cobra troopers because they did that fantastic uh re-sculpt of the cobra troopers and then they did that desert pack so i've got quite a few like army boulders in the modern era and i like it i like army building but i feel i kind of feel like there's a point where it becomes kind of unbearable like I like the idea of having like squads of like five guys, five, maybe seven, you know, because it's cool to like, like I said, load up a Fury with um, Alley Vipers. It just looks really awesome, actually. And if you fill up your Terradrome with a bunch of Vipers, to me, that makes sense, you know. So if you've got like maybe five Vipers and a few other like Cobra, uh, Cobra units, you know, you've got doubles or whatever. I think that looks great. But, um, and maybe this is just a little bit of envy. But when I see these beautiful shelves packed with like 20 Vipers, 20 <laughs> Crimson Guards, uh, I kind of go, whoa, <laughs> like that's a lot, you know, and I can't imagine, maybe that's why I don't have that, but I can't imagine having that many and I, and I can't imagine enjoying that many toys personally, you know, especially if you're not like somebody who's like a toy photographer or like us who does uh, play motion videos, I don't see the purpose of having like that many army builders i feel like you know five or six is is possible and then i think when you get to bigger figures like maybe the classified stuff um i i like the idea of having two crimson gods when the crimson gods comes out i like the idea of having two battle android troopers um because it just looks you know they're great in pairs so i kind of feel like is two army building i don't know it feels like buddy building yeah <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, just just to, to, to talk about um, photography and, and particularly our genre, the play motion, like I find uh, five is probably as many figures as you can cram into a frame and still keep mm. it interesting. By interesting, I mean 
close up enough to get some some acting to get some character out of them uh it's if you had an army of 10 or more you know you could shoot them overhead or you could shoot them in extreme long shots to sort of show off a wealth of figures but like that's just going to be an establishing shot in the old end it's not going to be a a shot that drives the action um that uh -huh. said i i have enjoyed having those uh resources for establishing fo shots like that so they definitely do come in handy uh that certainly fits in with the mcdjacdc's philosophy that 10 look good in buildings filling chairs uh mm. controls in playsets and vehicles it's nice to not have to reset figures so you've got these guys set up and they are unfixed uh, or they're fixed in their positions and like you've still got some to muck around with and do the the acting of the scene uh ryan sits a little bit lower he's a more four to five kind of guy but yeah. you must remember he's a classified collector so four to five takes up uh, big toys a yeah a bit more real estate yep exactly marks a 10 kind of guy as well and i particularly i am envious of his 10 complete snow serpents i assume they're Ooh. 10 maybe they're more but yeah beautiful um, oh you just hit a nerve there yeah oh dear you, you, don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't have a complete snow serpent oh poorly no 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 uh, no no you just gotta pay the man man pay those prices that they go for these days sorry no man <laughs> no it's no 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 the, you you touched a, a nerve at the snow serpent in that that is one of the the figures i wouldn't mind having more than two of like i'd love to have four of them uh, as mm -hmm. an example because i think they would look so cool uh around the wolf you know surrounding a wolf like walking with it or something or having four of them attack a snow cat you know that kind of thing like they're really great. And then to add to something that you mentioned earlier uh, with, you know, filling up the scenes and the backgrounds and stuff, I find that you, you really appreciate having more than one of the same figure when you want to do a kind of a shot. You know, you want to have a shot of like, like I did it quite a bit when I got my Ellie Vipers, but just trying to take a photograph and try to tell, trying to tell a story with like one character in there that's like a faceless character. It, it's kind of you kind of feel the need you're like oh i wish i had another one of these you know that and that's like the beauty of like army building so if you i feel like if you do have multiples it really does help the scene as you guys were mentioning before but yeah man snow serpents are definitely something i'd love to to uh, to troop build or army build because they're very cool and i know it's weird we don't have any snow here but i just think they, <laughs> they're such great figures actually um and a battle android troop actually let me ask you guys a question um haha <laughs> Uh, if you guys could troop build, or not if you could, but which figures would you want, want to troop build? Are there any specific characters you guys would like to troop build in particular? Well, I mean, like, I really have two... Okay, well, I need to find another O-ring, but I have two bats. I mean, I think mm -hmm. I think often... Well, what I'm, what I'm getting here is that... Or at least, yeah, I think that you know, two of something sometimes is nice. Because I only have mm -hmm. two hands, so I can only do so much with, with, with my figures. So I think two of those, like two uh, uh, Crimson Glassman would be cool. I mean, I do have two, but of the kind of like funny sculpt era. Um, <laughs> I think in, in general, for me, at least two makes sense. Like, it, it, because I don't put, I don't display things so much. So uh, like, I think it wouldn't look so impressive to have a box filled with like 20, uh, you know, like troopers or something. But mm. from what I'm hearing, it sounds like, army building is a very personal 
preference thing you know like it really depends on the person and what they want to do with their figures like there's no right or wrong way to army build and that's that's kind of cool actually everyone has their own way of kind of like approaching it so the trouble with army building is that mm. the price works uh conversely uh, counterintuitively because mm. to build an army you need deeper pockets than building like an army out of a named character because mm. everyone in the you know everyone has as much hit and run or scoop or flint in their collection as they'll ever need in just one but you, the ceiling there's no ceiling on how many army builds you can get and so they are priced at a premium as a result it's a lot more expensive to build out our actual army builders than non-army builders yeah uh, and so like i have one battle android trooper and that's that's just not enough it never will be it never but will I'm be just, <laughs> just not prepared to pay the prices that they command so you're stuck well, you're like oh, i mean everyone got my token back <laughs> everyone understands that army building is obviously a thing then you know everyone recognizes yeah. that this is something that everyone wants to be able to do to a certain degree um and yeah it's whatever makes sense to you really is there a weird figure that you always feel a twinge to like hit by every time you scroll past it? For me, it's Hydra Viper. Ah, yeah, I can I can relate to that. I have the same Hydra Vipers all over my bug, so there's still <laughs> a few a few untaken untaken slots. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the in that camp. I well, I, I've mentioned Snow Serpents. That's something that always gets my attention. Um, vipers, <laughs> I just really like Vipers. Like they, I mean, I, I own three, that's, I own three vintage Vipers, which I never thought I'd have. And that's mm. amazing. Um, and I kind of feel like if I get more, the three that I have will lose their personalities, you know, uh, but like, yeah, vi Vipers are something that whenever I see them, I'm kind of like, Hmm, maybe I should put in an offer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, Hmm, <clears throat> I see you, Bob. Bob's talking about stop motion and he says he has one battle android trooper as well and he'll get knocked out of the frame and immediately appear from the other side hoping no one notices yeah that's I've been exactly there Carl. Figure. Just keep <laughs> that's recycling like, keep recycling that's like what you call it uh uh what's that Mar the the first time Mario and Luigi appeared in a game well uh together that uh I can't think of the name now. I keep wanting to call it Pipe Dream, but it's not Pipe Dream because we had so many knockoffs of that thing. And I don't actually know the proper name for it. But when you run to Mario the left Brothers. side of the screen, yeah, I think it is actually. And when you walk to the to the left side of the screen, you come out on the right side. It's like yeah. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah. Right on. Right yeah. on. Okay. So. To army builders out there, congratulations! Like, keep it up. Like, it, it yeah. it's not easy. We see you. We salute you. Um, and it's not it's naughty. A... <laughs> Just leave one yeah. for the next guy. <laughs> yeah. Or don't. I mean, it's, it's good for a collecting world. I just, um, I just wish that uh, Hasbro would do more for army building uh, because, Steve, you know, uh, I think it's Atlantis Factor. No, it's not Atlantis Factor. Uh, it is. The first, yeah, it is Atlantis Factor actually, um, mm -hmm. where you have all of those Cobra troopers like storming the the battle, uh, the Joe uh, HQ, the Field HQ thing. That yeah, names are not my specialty today. 
And it looks so cool. This is why and I interrupt did... you guys so often. Oh, oh. Yeah. Stop. Anyway. <laughs> it's an itch. I gotta scratch it. Yes, the Cobra Nightwatch figures that were storming yes. the G.I. Joe HQ, right? Okay. Gotcha. That was so great when Hasbro did that. Like when they did these packs of just oh, five builders. army builders. Yeah, exactly. Right? I wish. I don't want to waste all my wishes on that, but it would be so <laughs> cool if they could just revisit that. You know, even with classified, if they did like two packs of troopers or two packs of vipers well, or something like that. Three pack of vipers. That's coming, yeah, that's coming, which is cool. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it goes well. Hopefully Hasbro sees it as a lucrative um, market and keeps doing it and, and keeps making more for us, especially for the guys who can accommodate that many toys. So, yeah. Well, with the uh, retro O-ring offerings being quite premiumly priced, I just don't see it happening, man. Mm. Two figures and yeah. they're still at like $23, $24 a pop. Eh, yeah, I have some theories. I have some theories on that. Um, I think I still feel like Hasbro is testing that product out and testing the market out. I think, um, I think that whole line and I think making it HasLab exclusive and, and I was giving it some thought and also, um, actually Gary, uh, Gary V and I was sort of chatting loosely on, on Instagram, just, uh, it's pretty non-committal stuff. I know. Hmm. Yeah, it, it is, but it, yeah. And it feels very like prototypey. Like, it feels like we're the guinea pigs because so, they've only put it on HasLab. And so the, the diehards are buying it. So obviously the diehards, well, not obviously, but the diehards tend to have the biggest mouths as well. So there's something wrong. Hasbro's getting immediate feedback on what they can improve on those products. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the true release of the retro O-rings, um, you know, around the same time that the Sky Strikers actually come out. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like some, you know, Emily and the other dude, uh, tell us that like, oh, cool. So good news. Retro O-rings are coming to stores and blah, 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 blah. And then we'll be like, yay. And our little heads will be like, yay. Does Storm Shadows like nunchuck break? And they'll be like, no. And we'll be like, yay. <laughs> and we'll carry on with life. <laughs> and then maybe we will get a bit more of a, a punch behind those releases. Anyway, this is my uh, optimistic wishful thinking world, provided nothing gets nuked to shit by then. But anyway... Uh, yeah, <laughs> guys, uh, are we drones. good with, are we good before drones? Actually, if I may, oh. <laughs> uh, you asked how my week was and I didn't get a chance to say anything. Um, <laughs> that's by design, Paul. That's by design. No, it, it shouldn't have been because there was something important. That's why I wanted to leave it for last. Ooh, uh, so this week has been pretty nuts because we had operation recall, uh, which closed on for us for me at least in terms of timeline it, i submitted mine on the monday i think it officially closed uh tuesday afternoon for us because of timeline so to everybody who got your submissions in congratulations um just submitting your stuff was hard and you kicked butt and uh carson with 3d joe's released a very cool sneak peek a sneak preview on instagram so go and check out the insta um it should be in their stories so that's totally worth checking out. It's one of the major reasons my my week has been crazy. The other reason is that uh, I was working on a very, very cool piece of artwork for something that we're doing for Iconicon. And I don't know if I can say more than that. Um, but yeah, I've been working on a very cool G.I. Joe artwork. And that has been part of my week. 
and it's been nuts. And the, the Bergforce will be very happy to know that there's some new G.I. Joe Berg music coming soon as well, because that's also been happening. Thought you guys might be excited to hear that. Um, to coincide with our international backyard, which is happening. Uh, we are, everybody's discussing. I think this weekend, guys, uh, this weekend, or at least the past weekend, by the time you're listening to this podcast, guys have managed to shoot some footage or get their toys together or whatever. So that's been happening. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Oh, so, what is international backyard? Do tell. What is international backyard? It's this crazy thing we do where we play with our toys as if we were all in the same space. So we created a bit of a, 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 a bit of a story um, and we try not to give people too much detail. And yeah, everybody gets to play out a section of that story. And we try to maintain as much continuity as we can, but we don't really care too hard. And it's just a way for us to play with our toys together. Uh, whether you're in America or Europe or Asia or Africa, if you are part of the international backyard, we are all playing with our toys together because what's going to happen is all that video footage is going to be put together in one cohesive, inverted commas, <laughs> episode. And um, if you guys want to know what that looks like, we did one called Element X and it was a heck of a lot of fun. And I think it was uh, quite a success. So here's hoping that our next one is going to be just as, if not more successful. So here, yeah. Here. Alrighty. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, then, I think that brings us squarely on to our primary topic of this uh, episode, Drone Warfare. Bam. Ooh. And I think we're going to take us all the way back and do things chronology. Chronology? Chronologically. Chronologically. <laughs> My coffee's wearing off. We're going to go back to 1983 with the Pack Rats. My and, once again, Carson, you're doing the Lord's work, sir, because we're going <laughs> to exclusively, pretty much exclusively, be using 3D Joes for this episode. Hell uh, yeah. If you are watching the YouTube presentation. We have aye, a aye, missile aye, launcher, aye. a flamethrower, <laughs> and a machine gun pack rat. And these toys are a mystery to me. Debuting in mm -hmm. 1983 and automated, we know that because they don't hold a figure and they come with remotes these are gi joe weaponizing star wars droids basically and making them offensive weapons they are very effective but had a very brief time in the sun uh they got i think screen time in gi joe the movie and they had page time in the comic book where cobra first assaults the gi joe um hq uh, or the pits, basically, on Staten Island, they, uh, um, they're used to repel Cobra armor by first hitting them with missiles, then flaming them, then uh, firing machine gun to mop up the, <laughs> the poor emerging dead, dead, dead. troops. Yeah, exactly. So very <laughs> effective weapons, but they were very briefly used. And as a result, I have never endeavored to get them. They've kind of popped on and off like wants lists of mine because they're so neat and they're so complex they're made up of so many little parts yeah. given that their size me out. yeah they are little model kits in fact um i'd love to just get one in hand just to feel that model kit quality all that, that creaky little plastic in my hands <laughs> so gents thoughts on the pack rats <laughs> 
I think they're quite cool. I think obviously initially they weren't exactly sure what Jar Jar was, so they kind of like tried a bunch of different things, and this is one of the things they tried: is these automated units that the Jar could deploy against Cobra. Um, they're cute. They're kind of cool, and it's nice that there's three different types. Um, you can really early Joe these, definitely skewed towards like shield. So this is oh, like definitely that futuristic stuff. Like in 1983, drone warfare was a pipe dream. I imagine a kind of popular mechanics article or ten. Uh, but here we see a glimpse of what it could be to have offensive weapons deployed into the field that are automated. Uh, how much truth there is to this? Well, we're now seeing how much truth there was to this style of warfare. I'm sure I've seen um, drones with machine guns mounted to them. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, mainly the land drones that we've seen are kind of Ordnance disposal, right? With grabbing yeah. claws. More that's than notably absent they're actually here. attacking. Yeah. Like these are actually suppose, attacking units. Which was the trade off because. Like the philosophy with a lot of GI Joe vehicles is it's good as long as you can jam a figure into it. These things were duds in that regard. Like you couldn't actually have a figure physically interact with the pack rats, but they were totally weaponized. So, you know, like there's the fun factor. These are like strapping missiles to an R2 unit. And I think we're going to rate them. Um, how many. R2 units would you give it out of five? <laughs> and, and do you break them up? Like, is there a superior pack rat to you? I think, is, is the one with like the, the, the red cannon, is that the flamethrower? That is the flamethrower. And it's got two 35 millimeter guns on, the, on yeah, its base. Yeah, that's amazing. That's the most useful one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get yeah, that one. Killer four right out there. of five. Mm. Hell yeah. That's it's very aggressive with its, yeah. uh, with its tripod tracks. Because um, I mean, like, the missile launcher most... looks like it'll knock itself over. It's got such a <laughs> narrow base. It feels like the most useless of them because, like, you could just have missile emplacements. Because um, wherever you're going, I mean, jets are going to usually they're attacking. I don't know stationary targets. So it's I mean, those stationary targets would typically have missile launchers anyway. I'm guessing. Um, I think it's the most useless one. I'm going to give it a one out of five. <laughs> I hate that thing. <laughs> wow, it's the worst. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the machine useless. gun is kind of in the middle. I've it's always bothered me that it's had four like barrels, two of which <laughs> are fixed forward and two of which can can elevate. That's bizarre. But fun. I think it looks the, like they the always have a bit of a slant downwards. Yeah. It's like they have to shoot you someone shoot right in front of you. No. <laughs> shoot people's knees just Well the flamethrowers yeah. like burning people's faces <laughs> off and ripping their you know, their guts apart. As a whole though, conceptually I think the pack rats are, are amazing. Mm. Um, it's a neat concept. And they have that early 80s like panache of just, just being a model kit. Like the complexity is so appealing to me. Of course, it now makes them a bitch to compete on the aftermarket. So mm. counts against it. But yeah, I, I'm going to set this as a high watermark for me. The pack rats get a five out of five. Wow. Cool. I'm, I'm gonna give them i want to give them a four especially because mm -hmm. i was today years old when i realized that they came with little controllers I, <laughs> I never, yeah that makes them even cooler like i just thought okay they're completely autonomous but they can also be remote controlled and 
that just adds like an element of fun in terms of play. Um, and I actually, I, I'm quite a fan of drones. I, I put a drone in my um, submissions for Operation Recall. So I do like the concept. I also especially like that one with the little wheels. I think it's the cutest one. It looks like it's got little hands. Like it's hello. You know, the, the, <laughs> I love it. It's so cute. It's just like, hello, I'm going to kill you. It's just, it's noons, man. And, um, and I, How and cool I think is it that, like, the design cues from the machine gun pack rat get carried over to that all-terrain vehicle? You remember when G.I. Joe and the cartoon are, they have those explosive crystals? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and they've got the, yeah. the other Joe's family members um, to kind of <laughs> chase after them, run after them, Captives basically. Captives of Cobra, yeah. Captives oh. of Cobra. Thank you, Paul. And the, the balloon that tires and the coloring... <laughs> of that G.I. Joe vehicle yeah. is very much in line with the pack rats. The green, the red accents, and those big old tires that look like they belong I in, like... in June. I also like uh, what Budface69 had to say here. Um, pa uh, pack rat feels like something some units in Command and Conquer were based on. I really love mm. that. But this is, the, mm. this is the one that was a kicker for me. It was when he mentioned... Israel had drones in the late 70s. They were just used to spoof SAMs and fake aerial strike vectors against Syria and Egypt. And that's mm. cool because, like, Rob, when you were talking about the, the missile launcher version, mm. that little SAM site, uh, or a portable SAM, that's actually what I was thinking. I, a younger me would be like, yeah, it shoots missiles. I can blow stuff out of the sky. The older me is kind of like, it's a decoy. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you send that little dude out and you start, like, you know, creating something, you start creating a high value target and it's a decoy because it can actually shoot those missiles off, maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but Cobra doesn't know that. <laughs> so, you know, well, so as long I as it dig fires that. them all at the same time, it'll avoid uh, destabilizing, destabilizing itself too much. You know, yeah, no, these are cool. Sure. It's a, it's still a four, four R2s out of five. So no, no R4, yeah, no R4 units here. It's an R2. Four, All right, four. next up, let's talk a little bit about the Cobra Snake. Now, this is our first bit of contention because it is both considered a drone and a suit of armor. And mm. you can play it one or the other way, but there is precedent for both. In the animated series, mm. they are robots, they're drones. Uh, in, the in the comic book, uh, Snake Eyes and Quinn actually occupy them. And... I'd suggest that the toy, because it comes with its own little retainer, its little um, semi-rigid <laughs> gray piece. Internal frame. <laughs> inter thank you. It's intended to either be worn by one of your very valuable Cobra officers or troopers, <laughs> or actually just stand on its own as uh, an automated battlefield unit. Yeah. But the coolest feature is not a drone feature at all. It's the fact that this is intended to be Cobra's personification of the brainwave scanner in some respects. I mean, yes, this thing is used to creepy. to yeah. uh, to brainwash its occupant into working for mm. Cobra. So it's this captive device that uh, turns your own troops against you. It's a fascinating piece of equipment. It's an Once Iron Maiden, again, but yeah. I'm going to give this a five R2s out of five as well. Wow. Yeah. It's been coming out right out of the gate. Super strong. Before there was Battle Android Trooper, there was the snake. And I quite like its clunkiness. 
the fact that it can accept a figure inside <laughs> that's like the stuff Gonk. of dreams man we have not seen Gonk. that <laughs> being done not nearly enough i think like powered armor why why is this not a staple of gi joe and cobra like why is the snake kind of a, a bit of a white elephant it's just its own thing and it hasn't been really duplicated i think uh, because it's, it's such it's, a crazy concept and it's such a uh, I don't know, like nefarious or like almost like evil concept, especially when you consider them, oh, them putting <laughs> their own, yeah. them putting in like innocent people in there and then sending them out. And it's armored enough for it to be able to obviously get a mission done, but not so much so that it's indestructible. So that if you, if, if, if you are attacking it, but you know that there's an innocent person in there, what do you do? What do you that's, do? Yep. You know? That's the interesting thing. It's insidious. But, but I think they missed a trick by not having a big glass front to mm. show off the occupant. Because yeah, like, like struggling and going crazy in there. It was ridiculous. In the comic book, Larry, bless his cotton socks, he had to rely on, like, the Joes recognizing the signature way that the snake oh, arms yes. were moving. It's like, that <laughs> looks like Snake Eyes' signature walk. <laughs> You this hold your fire. Armor. Oh man! But but the imagination races because a, a, a terrific use uh, coming from the Berg Force is that he thought the snake armor was ver a very intricate undersea suit, and that's mm. something that hadn't occurred to me. But certainly as a child, that may very well be your your go to. It's like I I recognize what this can do. This can be my deep sea diver's outfit. Uh, and particularly 1983, when you didn't have a Cobra Diver at that stage, yes, you could plumb the bottom of the ocean in this this outfit. That's absolutely. Well, it's got it breathing has... apparatus, so yeah. Yeah, it's very it's varied. It. The use of this toy it looks itself, pressurized. Whatever you want it to be, <laughs> essentially, a robot, a, a prison uh, armor, uh, you know, a sea thing. Yeah, I, I'd probably give this a four out of five too. Actually, I think it's 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 versatile, you know, and it suggests so much its existence but so yeah i would definitely say to weapon drone, storage you know. is not a weapon storage is not a strength of this thing never i never thought to do that i don't know yeah, to have them stuck to the back yeah. protruding i suppose you, you have rear <laughs> rear firing um capabilities now. <laughs> but, i just yeah. put them in there with the inner frame so that my snake armor has a cool rattle sound <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'll> shake it <laughs> guys i gotta say uh snake armor or snake battle armor has really crept into my heart i got um i got that cool one when we went to jocon mm. uh, jo yeah to jocon we got that that black one from one of our uh like supporters and then i got a white one which i bought from a local collector and i love that thing it's so cool in fact my first sort of blushing with it was steve's and i was like this thing is rad it's like properly cool uh, it's a great toy it also like sort of harkens i i well when i say harkens back i think a lot of the design cues for this were taken from starship troopers from the book um right and some some of the sci-fi illustration or some of the illustrations done based on starship troopers back in the 70s uh, i think it was 60s or 70s because that mech is a cool it does look so much like that mech in a lot of ways show us the next drone david <laughs> in 1984 <laughs> we got the cobra claw dun, 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 dun. five the covert light aerial weapon five absolutely 
it's a right misnomer because a lot of people don't regard it as a drone but if you store the bomb you can't have an operator so it's got to be able to fly autonom autonomously mm. uh, i certainly mm. enjoy using it as an autonomous weapon because it's just very very small and very very dangerous for its occupant i mean essentially you're landing face down in the dirt um, <laughs> and nothing's really holding your legs up actually gravity mm. would be pulling your legs down the whole time there's no like backboard mm. Uh, onto which the figure's legs are being restrained. You have to have abs of steel, dude. <laughs> God. Sure. Like, what do they call it? That's not a plank even. That's like, I don't know, that's an acrobatic maneuver where you hold yeah. your legs tight. But yeah, look, it's it's got so much going on for it uh, within such a small frame. Once again, that design philosophy of like giving you a model kit, even these lower price points, smaller toys, had a top side, a bottom side, and various pieces that attached into it to give it articulation points, slide-out wings, ailerons. It's so good. There's an engine or a, a hatch cover, a sort of equipment cover that you can lift up to see some machine gun detail under there. So, so good. Also, five out of five and, from me. Good and then Lord. strap a bomb on it. And it's just... Thing. Love it so much. And if you have the um, 84 Storm Shadow, it's actually got a ninja dropping action as well. You just put Storm <laughs> Shadow on, you fly around with it, and the ninja will randomly just drop, fall off it. It's great. <laughs> he is the perfect occupant for this. Absolutely. Well, this is, he really I... is, but he doesn't stick to it properly. It irritates me. <laughs> yeah, maybe your version. <laughs> this is probably the most like drone-like, or at least compared to like what today we considered you know yes what we think of as drones you know it's, it's a doing flying it in vehicle 84. in 84 it can drop bombs it has missiles uh this is the most you know, real gun. world yeah it has a gun it goes crazy um when we were oh sorry right? i don't own yeah. this so yeah i'm gonna probably give it like a three out of five if i owned it i'd probably <laughs> give it a five probably i think you would it's, it's, it's cute. It's, it's small. It's, it's it's just big enough. You know, it doesn't have to, a vehicle doesn't have to be huge to be a lot of fun to play with. You know, it's high. I play actually with. find that I actually find vehicles like this uh, that you can hold in your hand to be some of the most fun vehicles in GI Joe. Like that you can hold in a single hand and sort of you know keep on your person to be mm. like you could you could you know you could um, you could have like sneaky you know missions with it while having meetings and stuff. Um, when we were at the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum in mm. DC, mm -hmm. uh, there were there was one there was a drone there, and that drone, I believe, if if my memory serves on reading it, was test flown or did, they did test flights for it in eighty seven, which wow. means they were probably testing it from the seventies already. Um, mm, yeah, look, I the earliest yeah. I've heard talk of drones was in the Second World War, where they had. You know, a, wow. a bomber. I think it was a B twenty five Mitchell. Uh, mm, I'm hazy. Maybe, maybe some military historians can help me in the comments. But it was being used for target practice. They had radio controlled aircraft. They wanted to perhaps use them in warfare, but the radio control uh, wasn't reliable enough. But I mean, as mm. far as a workable drone for the purpose of target practice is concerned, that that works. Um, it, the technology has been refined you know, from from then right up to now. So it's 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 been out there. Um, 
probably only really becoming workable in the 70s. I know the uh, the SR-71 had its D-21 drone, which mm. I don't think they ever got to work properly either. Like they did two test flights, and the one wound up flying all the way into China and didn't Whoops. come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crashed out somewhere in enemy territory or, or yeah. unfriendly territory. You guys can keep it. <laughs> yeah, there no. we go. Phase 69's got us. There was a ready-controlled series of bombers used for aero and AAA gunnery training in World War II. Yes, very good. Wow. But none of them could land. (laughs) (laughs) They're real good at taking off, just shoddy at landing. I read a quote the other day where it was, um, it had to do, because I can't quote it like properly, but it was when somebody had, uh, it's an inventor who had unveiled radio control technology for, for cars. You know, like like a little vehicle, a little wheeled vehicle, and um, he had shown it off, and the first response to it was, "This thing's use in war would be priceless," and he actually pulled it away from them. He like actually went, he he was just like, "Well, then you're not ready for it," um, mm, and that's also yeah. like, yeah. So that shows you like how how much drone war or how long drone warfare has been considered for modern warfare as well. Well, so. absolutely. Technology is being choked all the time because of other yeah. competing interests. Like big oil didn't want us to have electric cars, even though we could have had them decades ago. Um, yeah. Light bulbs that are long lasting also. Anyways, uh, getting off the topic. And that's the claw is theory stuff. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh, a, a 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10, 20 out of 20 stonker of a vehicle. And um, worth army building. Yes. <laughs> if you have a aerodrome, you can get at least two. <laughs> as so, drones. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. your proto drone. Uh, absolutely. And jet powered. Um, because, of course, fuel consumption isn't a thing in the G.I. Joe universe. That's how we have nah. things like trouble bubbles and skyhawks. Uh, and so, speaking yes. of trouble bubbles. Oh, yeah. It's time, oh, guys. Yeah. It's the Dove now, Man. If the, if the. <laughs> The claw is a five out of five. Do you give any less to the Cobra flight pod? Flight, Cobra flight pod. <laughs> you know why I give it five? Were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Oh I'm not gosh. holding back. You know why I can give it five? Because I can hold a claw in my right hand and a flight pod in my <laughs> left hand. <laughs> I can have double fun. <laughs> so, yeah. It feels more, it, yeah, it feels more sci-fi and it feels more like, uh, like, I don't know. It feels more like Cobra when you see a, a, a trouble bubble. Um, so I think it's probably a very iconic thing for them. And it's, I mean, it's used in all of the media. Um, I think I it's think a fantastic with addition. Flight pod. We were stepping on hallowed ground. I mean, it's never been used as a drone, but the fact mm. that it has that that mine that basically occupies the, the the operator's seat suggests that it must be able to fly autonomously. And yeah, since it is a suicide mobile. Why would you ever want to put a person in it? <laughs> or at least, I mean, why if, would you, you want if to you're put a shooting at someone. If you're shooting at someone, they can presumably shoot back. And this thing is just, it's just a giant target. Exposed it can't be maneuverable nerve. enough yeah, to keep you safe. I think yeah, it definitely evil. has to be more of a drone than, than yeah. The, the, this could be the, the, the advanced version of the snake, actually. 
Because the thing is, like, if, if you break this toy down into its parts, right, you've got the backpack, the back section, which you can... I can't remember on the vintage one if you can remove it, but I know on the modern re-release, you can remove the, the back portion, right? And On the, some, like, it's a little bit too boosters. easily removable. I think <laughs> if, you, if you've lost, yeah. like, plastic friction over time, it can just slide out. It's a straight up and down slot. Um, so I've actually super glued mine in. Yeah, Naughty, okay, I know. Cool. Well, but, I'm like, just... it... it it, they fall out too easily on mine. So, so the play pattern, although the way that I could see it being quite, well, not the way I can see it, the way I've played it every now and then is you've got the little bomb in there and then it can do like the whole suicide thing. So it can just go in guns blazing. All of the guns go full auto. It deploys those two missiles, softens whatever target it's going at. And then it, and then it goes straight into, you know, the point that it softens. So maybe it's hitting like a bunker or something or a tank or whatever, and it's it's hit the, the hole and it's hurt the armor and then it just like plows right into that. The other side of it is it could fly and then the little boosters just jettison and this thing's got the mine inside it and it just drops it on top of on top of a tank or on top of enemies. So instead of like launching it there, it's just kind of going and then the little jetpack goes off and the jetpack goes all the way somewhere else and the little pod just goes bunk. <laughs> so that's how I've also played it. It's it's a fun little vehicle. I dig it. And I love it like if you squint at it a little bit, especially now as you've got it on screen, it kind of looks like a little helmet as well, like a little angry... Oh, it's an icon, helmet. man. <laughs> I've always scratched my head as to the use of the aerial mine. What is an aerial mine? I mean, it looks like a nautical mine, if you ask me. Mm. But if you can give it some kind of anti-gravity properties... Uh, then Mark van Leeuwen has the answer for you. That he uses the flight pods, also as drones, to bring the mines to their hovering locations. So uh. These mines basically are established as like a kind of a, as you would have in the oceans, like just a kind of, to deny um, access. Like it's based in strategic, well, it's based in strategic positions and create this kind of net of highly uh, explosive stuff a barrier to protect something like uh, that's very cool and i've seen mark uh in his dire stories use it as such to create this kind of net of of destruction uh i never had that uh, kind of imagination as a child sadly damn it if i also could go back that... oh. <laughs> it also it's also such a great like playset piece as well like you don't necessarily have to put a a guy into into it at all uh, i mean aside from it being autonomous and a drone or remote control blah 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 but you can take it apart in so many fun ways that you could actually have these great moments of like cobra troopers like going you know as part of their like training they have to be able to field strip one of these you know and assemble it you know like <laughs> never mind know, actually operating boxes never mind <laughs> operating them to fly. <laughs> i mean imagine how yeah, they, they have the illusion of control it's just two gigantic jet engines strapped to your back. It's like it's a jetpack, essentially. But the, the, the dio options are great, particularly if you have a pterodrome. I mean, it has a fuel mm. port. It's, it's designed to go with the pterodrome. Definitely. Yep. That and the ferret. I'd, I'd even give it an extra R2. I know. Mm. I know. I just said that. Because there's something it's in Metal Gear Solid yeah. that is highly reminiscent of the flight pod that you find in Metal Gear Solid 3. And when I saw that, 
I was that meme, you know, with Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and pointing at the screen. I was that that moment when I saw it. I was like, oh my god, it's a trouble bubble. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> that is such a that actually really cements how like how scary those things could be in a battlefield situation. Because they're not easy to kill either. So yeah, especially just when like you're that to Metal Gear Solid. It looks like it's from the sixties, man. It's gigantic yeah. hair dryer, that kind of neo futuristic the Jetsons kind of technology. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's some toys that you can just hear. I mean, you know this thing is fucking loud. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's move on to 1986. We have our first figure for consideration. It is the Battle Android Trooper. They finally made a humanoid drone. Of course, it was Cobra to do it first. And to my knowledge, G.I. Joe hasn't done androids, but I could be wrong. Anyways, the Battle Android Trooper got on the scene in 86, and Cobra's never looked the same since. Love it or hate it, this is... I mean, it, it should have a more profound effect on the struggle than it actually did. I mean, these guys became relegated to foot soldiers in the same way Vipers and Troopers were. But, like, the fact that Cobra has these drones this cannon fodder that is a huge huge technological leap in their favor i think this uh -huh. would tip the scales of the conflict to not have to commit flesh and bone humans to particularly dangerous assignments this is i mean if all you need is an overwhelming force to take a position you just send in the bats man yep send in the bats <laughs> and and then uh, joe just sends in their pack rats <laughs> ah, but, now you see like there was a novel that i was actually just discussing with a friend where it's it's a science fiction and it's set so far in the future that like destructive weapons obviously have outpaced uh everything i mean it's it's a space kind of science fiction so there's a, the epic space battles where like if one nuclear weapon flies into your uh well, hits your ship. That's it. So basically, these conflicts are being take are, are, are being won or lost by drones, which are sent out into the battlefield, and they just fight down to the last drone, and whichever one gets through, uh, scores a fatal hit on the other, the opposing force, and wipes them out. So like, GI Joe could have very much pivoted towards that kind of like, basically, the conflict is won or lost by our autonomous drones because if one of these guys gets into your hq and delivers the knockout blow that's it man that yeah, it's finished. And, which is probably why they moved away from it actually to focus more on like yeah, the variety becomes... of joes and cobra that you could get i mean you could have these like piloted by like cobra trooper or whatever's and they could play it up as a video game they could use one of these things as if they're playing a video game you know going through places and getting its feed, the, its camera feed, and yeah, it's like a first-person shooter. Because that's essentially, you know, where warfare would go if we were this advanced with um, cyborgs or androids. So. Yeah, well, I need to say, it's, it's a, it, it is a 5 out of 5 figure. It is a top 10 eternally. There's no ways I could give it in less than, less than 5 R2-D2s because... <laughs> The, the coloring, the design, the feature, the lenticular, 
everything about this toy is utter perfection. All magic. Yeah. All magic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any of us is giving it less than five R2s. Right, Rob? Oh, for sure. I definitely think this clears R2 all the way out. It's it's just such a cool concept, and it looks awesome. They knocked it out of the park when they came out. I love that. Bats are epic. A dump truck full of R2s for me, says Gaz. Well, (laughs) it's unanimous, gents. The Battle Android Trooper, need we say more? And uh, also just furthering the, the drone warfare of gi joe versus cobra like this is the what next about a bat in the evolution in a snake <laughs> whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> guys i it's time to get on to another controversy uh we're gonna now talk gonna about the oh geez where is it <laughs> oh there we go <laughs> we're now <laughs> going to talk oh. about the fire bat oh which dun, dun, comes with dun. a pilot but has been Should referred it? to as a drone in multiple sources and is used as such in the comic book. In its debut issue, Mainframe operates it from a pterodrome on the ground without a pilot. And I'm pretty sure it uh, intercepts a Conquest X-30 in a later issue in the 50s without a pilot. It is then used, several issues after that, to transport the brainwave scanner from Sierra Gordo to the Cobra Consulate in New York. And obviously the, with the brainwave scanner operating, uh, occupying the seat, it's flown without a pilot. So almost single-mindedly, it is a drone exclusively in the comic book. AVAC never made an appearance. The cartoon ser- series tells a different story. I don't think it was ever used without a pilot. So where do you guys sit on this toy? Hmm. <laughs> I've Paul always Smith. felt it was well. I, I've always felt it was a, it was a drone as well. Like it, yes, you can put someone in there, but it's such a weird little thing, you know. It feels too small to be able to be pilotable by a person, you know, easily. I, I, I come from. I swing from the other side of that. In that I don't see it as a drone. I know it is a drone, but because because it's got a a canopy and because AVAC is included, my brain is just like, yeah, it's it's a pilotable craft, you know. But if you really lean hard into the drone side, I suppose AVACs are probably worse punishment for Cobras than being a Toxo Viper. Yeah, (laughs) I I mean, they literally, they, they probably aren't even actually Cobra. There's a like this mm. is the the next advancement of the the snake armor technology. You know, yeah, they, they pop them they, into these suits, they're brainwashed, and then they just throw them in there, and it's like, go get them! Ah. <laughs> yeah, or like it could be a great torture device. You know, you put someone there in like a suit, and then you whiz this thing off at like high G's. You make the poor person as sick as all hell. You know, and then. You you get your answers, I suppose. Well, I mean, I, th- I, I think know. just because there's no like um, consensus across like different media as to what this is, it makes it it's it's definitely a very controversial piece. Then, like the comic books, insist I wonder it's if... definitely a drone. The animated series are like, this is definitely a tiny plane. And the toy, because it doesn't have an alternate uh, setting or anything else to go in the cockpit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, with with the claw, with the flight pod. You had a bomb 
yeah, something to paste in there instead. Yeah, which at, on, the, on the purely on the toy level suggests that it is a drone, whereas the Firebat has no alternate thing to put in the cockpit other than AVAX. So, at least the toy suggests that it's not a drone. I don't know, man. It's hell of a dangerous. This thing uh, gives me Messerschmitt comet vibes. It's like something that is meant to fly off and not meant to come back. <laughs> That's so a cool AVAX. little design. I like the the you know the, that you can fold the wings in. Um, oh, it is stunning! I have it no idea so how you fun toy. But... Mm. I I I mean, a little bit more um, evidence for it being a drone is the fact that the engine is right behind the operator's head. So much like the Thunder Machine, if you operate this thing, you're not likely to to maintain your hearing for very long. <laughs> You gotta tell the guy the mission before he even gets in it, and there's no training. You cannot train someone to use this thing. <laughs> Kamikaze weapon, most likely. <laughs> exactly. I love this. Gaz says, "I look at it as one of those mini jets, like the one flown by James Bond, a Bond in the opening of Octopussy, just weaponized by Cobra." Mark von Leeuwen says, ah. "It is used without a pilot in lights, cameras, action, where it transports a knocked out shipwreck to a Cobra base." Ah, okay. So the cartoon okay, also so used it as a drone. Excellent. They acknowledge mm. that it can be used both ways. Hmm. Very good. Uh, Thank you, Mark. Hell yeah, we're but winning. face six nine. I'd fly one. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did you say? I'd fly one. What did you say? Yeah, yeah. Some heavy hearing protection there, butt face. <laughs> Joy Smith, I think I remember an episode of the cartoon where an unmanned firebat picked up someone and yeah, took them back go. to the Cobra HQ. And Mark was like, yes, shipwreck. So, yeah. And then I also like, um, okay, Bob, Bob Squad, it's a gorgeous red and it just looks like it's fast. Yeah, it's because oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. red, right? It also looks like it's cherry flavored. But let's not go there. <laughs> and Darren Cobb, it is a drone that can be used to transport someone who may not be able to fly an aircraft. Yeah, who may, yeah. That, that seems to be the general consensus uh, of this in our in our chats. You know, with how I think it was everyone's against you, Paul. Everybody's They're like, "It's a drone. It's definitely it's a, a drone. drone." You're wrong. Paul doesn't know what he's talking I about. I don't know. What <laughs> As an airplane, how much do you rate it, Paul? Oh, dude, I, I I love this little vehicle, but I only loved it because I got it with my Terradrome. So I'd give it like right. a good solid three and a half R twos. So like Yo, three R twos and an R four. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with like three-ish because like it's fun to kind of like fly around, but like I don't know what to do with it most of the time. You're just kind of like throwing it around essentially. Like it's too fast to have fun with, I think. I never liked it because it didn't have landing gear that I understood. Mm. How do you land? However, this? however, I mean, we're now living in an age where I think we can all in our mind's eye, picture aircraft landing on their, their, their tails like this. Like, it is mm. a technology that, that has been experimented with. It hasn't been put into service, as, as far as I can tell. But I can recall seeing aircraft landing on their tails, and I'm like, wow, it looks hell of awkward, but it's possible. And it's certainly something that uh, Cobra, with their, I suppose, lower regard for human life, would, uh, <coughs> would have no well, problem with. So, yeah, what, look, what, it's... it's it's crazy. It is a bare bones interceptor craft. Like it's just a weapons platform with little little regard for anything else. 
so in that sense it is it is perfection and it is perfect for cobra so i'm going to give it a another perfect five rtd two out of five Steven wow. loves drones. Um, guys... stoppable i want one and i was today years old when i realized <laughs> that lightfoot's little explosive ordnance disposal droid was supposed to drive with the lenticular facing rearwards i always thought yeah, that was the that face kind of makes thing. sense but the card <laughs> <laughs> the card art makes it look like it's supposed to go the other way around. Ha. 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 All right, guys. Lightfoot is a, the first G.I. Joe figure entry on the, the list from 1988 because he came with a little red robot, which presumably he controls using that handle gizmo, which I think also would double as a metal detector or some kind of explosives detector, chemical, biological, whatever. This guy's equipment is a fucking mystery to me, man. It needs proper explanation. Uh, because so I had it as a kid. Manual. It was absolutely mystifying. Like, you need to have a popular mechanics subscription to wrap <laughs> your mind around this. I was not a little engineer as a child. And so this guy's primary use for me was that sweet, sweet helmet making him a member of Mobile Assault Strike Command. I used to play Hell out yeah. Mosque. Yeah, I think he was Brad Turner to me because of the yellow. Um, so, <laughs> Hocus Pocus mask on. Anyways, guys, the <laughs> droid, the robot, what does it do? It doesn't have any arms protruding from it. It, it gets lost. What? It just drives into a minefield and hopefully blows up a mine. <laughs> What's, what does it do? Help me. Help me, Chris McCloud. Help me. <laughs> no, you're our only hope. Yeah, I... <laughs> This is interesting. I mean, look, they even in the pictures, they pictures it so you can see the lenticular and it's facing towards us. I love how the 3D spin of the 3D shows actually like it shifts the lenticular oh, as if you're cool. looking at it with your naked eye. That must have taken but, but some even doing he to get it right. has placed it so that, that the back of it faces forward, or at least the, the back that we've now discussed. Yeah, but that's just actually the back. But it makes but sense. That's just that to make it more interesting, I think. Look, maybe in the so, card art, it's returning to Lightfoot. So no, no. You want to show? I've got a theory. Show the cool lenticular. So, you get these cool gadgets these days. God, did I just use that word? Where if you want to, like, if you are big into DIY and whatever's, and you want to, like, I don't know, drill into your wall, and you're worried about hitting water pipes. You get like a, it's like a little sonar and you pop it on your wall and you like, you know, let it ping. And then it'll sort of give you a, a, a rough idea of where pipes and things are. And there are degrees of this because there are some that are actually quite advanced that it pretty much sees through your wall. Um, and so if I look at the, uh, the screen on the little drone, you can see it's all pipes and things. So what makes sense to me is that this little drone is giving off some kind of it's it's walking with Lightfoot as he's using the, that scanner, and that scanner is actually pinging things and getting feedback from the environment around it, and he's getting all of that information on the drone's screen, so he can see and pinpoint if there's bombs or something, you know, that have been like stashed on the boxes. Well, that or makes under sense. A vehicle he kind of uses he sends that in first to kind of like yeah know, to kind of like scan the area or, or, or just walks with him, yeah, so that you know he's walking and he's got his goggles, which are maybe. I, I'd imagine I'm picking up some kind of like heat signatures or whatever's 
and he's doing his thing and then while this little thing's cruising with him that's like a little laptop that walks with him basically you know mm. and then if they're really not sure they just send that out into the what they suspect might be a minefield <laughs> and if it blows up well then we've saved some lives so mm. yeah that's what makes sense to me it's a really yes cool, i mean i i said last week he's a really cool character um but he's a really cool addition to the Joe team. It's cool when they kind of do these non-combat roles. And they it's seem also to put a, a lot of thought into it, you know. Also, um, here's uh, just, wow, actually some good comments here. Um, Darren Cobb says, it is made out of the same materials, uh, materials as the black boxes from aircraft. It will survive any explosion. Oh, yeah. uh, Matthew Comstock responding to what I said, it's a stud finder. Huh. That's why I don't have one, because I never Google that ever. <laughs> so I, what I know, and I'm too scared to Google it for an image. Stuntfinder.com. <laughs> anyway, uh, because that's not how I roll. And then Darren, ooh, that's good. I like it. You know, that's uh, Mark von uh, Lewin responding to to Darren's comment about the black box. And mm. then Darren Cobb, you mean a stud finder? Yes. It's a stud finder. <laughs> stud That's what it's called. Okay. I don't yeah. DIY a lot. Big surprise. I mean, it's a very practical uh, little droid. It works well with him. It makes sense in what he's, you know, in, in what, what he's trying to do. Uh, it looks cool. It comes with a lenticular. I'd probably give Lightfoot and his, his little dude yeah, four to five. I, I like this Lightfoot dude. And, and his yellow, dude. Like Scoop. Yeah, together. They're a team, you know, he's the, he's the, the dry, he's the controller. We finally have a drone that actually has the controller of the drone with it. Mm. I mean, that's pretty cool. Doesn't he have a lenticular I... on his back? No, he doesn't. No. Nah. He does have a lenticular on his backpack. It's incredible. What an incredibly thoughtful and, and beautifully presented figure and equipment. Um, absolutely oh. mystifying to a child like myself <laughs> who only understood like machine guns, guns and grenades and stuff uh, like they actually put yeah. so much effort into a non-combatant you know you don't see this kind of guy in a schwarzenegger or a, a stallone <laughs> film uh anyways i can't give the drone more than three or two units because Whoa. while i like its inclusion i think the execution leaves something to be desired the monotrack how does it steer? I, I mean, the fact that it's one color, like the lintic is beautiful, but it's molded in one color, so it's it's it already lacks lacks some some depth, some detail, uh, some visual intricacy. There's a lot of lovely sculpting intricacy. It's it's kind of lost in that you know haze of red. One color, yeah. And and the mono track, I'm like, I can't understand how this thing would ever steer. So it doesn't he just sends it straight ahead? <laughs> you can only go straight. Well, it's that problem with R2D2. It's like you never see R2, at least not the physical prop, crossing any rough terrain of any kind. <laughs> like, yeah, because they had to cut. Like, this thing can only move along very smooth, flat surfaces. Great for going around in the Death Star, not so great for the, the dunes of Tatooine. Um, yeah, anyways. it's weird. It's weird. Who cares? Though. He's got jet, he's, jet, he's got jet thrusters. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. He, he used them during the Clone Wars, but not later. Hmm, weird. I suppose weird. it could be used to deliver explosives. Mark gave it TNT. Oh, no, he gave it the mm. name TNT. Okay, so it's an RTU. No, I was thinking, 
once again try to think of you just gave it to into breakable fun <laughs> <laughs> well it's a nice way of like delivering your margarita i suppose <laughs> and that's Gong. all we need to say about uh, that let's talk about yeah. a vehicle if of if anybody cares i give it a three oh, no, i thought don't. so we, we did yeah Mostly because I think the only reason people in South Africa own that toy is because because there's nothing else. I swear else. this. Also, it's a theory, but I think the lenticular portion of that little drone was so easy to see through the packaging. You know, mm. I suspect Americans I've... had had it the other way around, so you guys didn't see the cool lenticular stuff, and then you were like, "Eh, it's a lame figure." I have a slightly <laughs> different theory, and that's the fact that uh, Lightfoot wasn't a desirable figure, so he was often. Picked up by birthday Granny's present. grandpa's parents' birthday presents. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's how I got mine. That's how I gifted one on to a friend. Like Lightfoot <laughs> was common because he was undesirable. It's like all that's left is a bunch of Lightfoots. Damn. Let's talk about something that is actually it's got remote piloted in the name. Let's talk it's about the RPV. RPV. Let's talk about RPV. <laughs> Let's talk about just how cock it really is. It's the RPV. It gets one from me. The RPV sucks. <laughs> it gets one from me. The RPV. RPV. Uh, okay. Sucks. <laughs> I will give it a very generous score because I quite like the play pattern of it. Uh, that it is a dedicated drone, it makes no bones about the fact that there is no other play pattern to it other than launching a drone. It doesn't come with a machine gun that attaches to the side to make it sort of try and straddle some offensive role. No, no, no. This thing is from behind friendly lines, you're launching a drone. Or it's going out very secret mission style to a vantage point, um, you know, being a mobile unit and launching its drone from there. It has its own radar unit, which created some confusion as a child because i was like which is the remote piloted vehicle is it this little tank thing alongside or is it the the missile is it a missile is it a drone if it's a drone why doesn't it have a camera like it asks so many questions and gets you thinking as a youngster what the hell a drone is and what place it holds in your gi joe versus cobra war so rob paul's giving it a one i'm giving it a three <laughs> I probably go in between those two because like I I always just thought it 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 just it's a missile, you know? Mm. He drives it out there, he shoots it off, he because he's gonna get blasted in the face by the missile when it like launches. Um but talking about it in, in the, the capacity of the show, like yeah, he would drive it out, he would get off the vehicle when it needs to be, you know, launched, um, and then shoot it off. It makes a lot of sense. And once again, it's something that you need as part of an army. Like it's not the same thing they're producing over and over again. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to own one of these. Like I, I wouldn't <laughs> know what to do with it. <laughs> well, the, it's the part on the right that Steven's swiveling on the screen now, the little radar drone. That's the yeah. part that gets one from me. The other stuff gets nothing. Wow. <laughs> like, That's yeah. wow. So you like this, this little uh, radar unit, but the rest of it's radar. like you. Yeah, this little sand crawler. Which could have actually done with it feels a... like it's got a ladder on the side for small. I know. I'm looking at that too, and I'm like, <laughs> I was about to say it could do with a lenticular, but at least it has individuated left and right tracks, so it can steer. So that's why I like it more than Lightfoot's drone. Uh, look, guys, I 
I find this quite unique, and that's why it gets a passing grade for me. I would say that the Euro coloring is what gets my affections. That's the one that I have. That's the one that I'm familiar with. For anyone unfamiliar with it, it replaces the sort of sand-colored main chassis with a gray chassis. And the drone itself is blue and red instead of white and red. Both drones, mm. the, uh, the tracked vehicle and the copperhead turbofan engine remote drone. 1.5. But yeah, then. as I say, it needs, it needs a camera for me to understand it better. And I know that this was 1988 and drones being commonplace in military use uh, was a ways off. But like, what is this drone's function if not to transmit visuals? back to base like i want it to be useful as a drone and the sculpt doesn't support that so is it being used to basically deliver this underslung rocket which also like that sucks because that's just this, it's just a spear it's got no fins what the hell is that yeah i the reason i think the reason i gave it such a low score is not just because i'm being facetious not just it's because I've always seen this as like, it's a missile launcher. That's how I've always seen it. I've never seen it as a drone launcher. I've never seen that white thing as anything other than a long range cruise missile. And I got to say, if that's, uh, you know, in my mind, that's what it always was. And I actually prefer the Cobra Adder because I feel like it does a more convincing job of that visually for me. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how it's always read to me. I feel like it's a misunderstood vehicle. Like... Truth. All right, truth, gentlemen. Terrible. <laughs> we are going to actually put a cork in it here and make this a two-parter because it seems like oh, the, dun, dun, dun. there really are many, time many this. drones. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There are lots of drones in the 90s. So tune in <laughs> next week for the conclusion to drone warfare. But for now, let's highlight a comment from last week's episode. Robbie? So people chose, okay, so it was all about me and all my cool new, to new toys. Um, but then also like people were commenting on the characters that kind of received the, the less popular characters as it were. Cause I think we, we kind of discussed that a bit as well. Am I looking at the right episode? The no, Joe's no. the cartoon missed. No. Okay. I'm looking at the wrong episode. God damn. Mm. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the wrong episode. I was like, I've, I've seen these before. I've got something from the post box, the pit. This one's yeah. from Sammy, I, Sammy well, Smith. I my favorite quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, he says that uh, in episode 251, we, we, we pondered the origins of Overlord. He's got a theory mm. that Overlord is actually Dr. Mindbender. Or specifically, Dr. Mindbender became Overlord. They both have a visual similarity. Both wear monocles, monocles. on their white eyes. Both are jacked. Both have black hair. Yes, Dr. Mindbender was a chrome dome back in the 80s, but maybe he let it grow in a little bit in the 90s. I mean, we don't know where Mindbender's actual hairline is. And we see that uh, Overlord does have a lovely widow's peak. So it stands to reason that could be a believable hairline for him. Uh, Crap, once... now I need that toy. You do, you do. Him and his scratchy Wolverine claws. Yeah. And Over Overlord is said to have risen from the Cobra ranks to reach his position of authority. In addition, Overlord is said to be the only person with enough charisma to unite the different Cobra, Cobra factions. Well, where have we seen that before? 
Dr. Mindbender, Mindbender yeah. Destro, Baroness, and the Crimson Twins to go along with his plan to create Serpentor. That was objectively a, batch, a batshit crazy plan. Yet Dr. Mindbender <laughs> somehow convinced everyone in Cobra High Command to go along with it. Even the comics and the cartoon. Wow. Yeah, no, true. There's yeah. a, a very political high charisma, hey? dimension Ooh. to the good old Dr. Mindbender. Third, Overlord is dressed like a Greek or Roman general. Remember that when creating Serpento, Dr. Mindbender raided the tombs of Julius Caesar, Hannibal, and Alexander the Great. In other words, Dr. Mindbender had a pre-existing predilection towards that era in military history. If Dr. Mindbender were to take power, what would his Cobra Emperor costume look like? My guess, pretty close Overlord. to Overlord's outfit. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. this is fantastic. Mind um, blown. Thank you, dude. So, characters that weren't included in the cartoons, uh, Matt Little Boy said Outback. And I chose his comment because then he goes on to say, and they could have followed him through the Night Force and Tiger Force. Always loved the 87 oddbod Cobras. The one thing that annoyed me is they didn't come with guns. A crystal ball figure with a handgun would have been amazing. And what about some Zanzibar pirate adventures? Mm. Like, <laughs> especially with Shock, I mean, not Shockwave, uh, Shipwreck being such a big feature in the cartoons, Zanzibar would have been so easy to put in there. It's like his, As his rival, rival or something. Yeah. And Outback. Um, would have flowed so easily, yes, into Night Force and Tiger Force. Um, but yeah, lots of really cool comments. Like everyone absolutely seems to love Crystal Ball. They all want him <laughs> to be in the cartoon. Yay! <laughs> and Crockmaster. It's fantastic. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? They're so great. I mean, that's why I suggested them. Yeah. Aye, aye. Sure. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I think we're going to put a pin in it. Episode 252, Drone Warfare. Part 1. I'm Steve. My name is Steve. My name is not Rob, it is Paul. I am not Paul, I am Rob. All the humans are dead. <laughs> we Rob. killed all their asses. Robot Rob. Using dangerous <laughs> gases. Robot, Robot Rob. All the Berk. humans are dead. Berk. What's that? I Berk. That's five of the Concords, right, Paul? It took me a while. That's correct. Oh, yeah, man. that's correct. Zero 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 one zero 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 one 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 zero 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 we got merch. We got merch. We got t-shirts. Oh, yeah. They're cool t-shirts. It's all right. And and soon <laughs> and soon there's gonna be some cool prints. A cool print. I love me a prince. Yeah. A big uh, print. Me love yeah. you long time. Thanks for joining <laughs> us and see you next week. Hell yeah. We'll be droning on some. When I dream, Dave. Mm. Burr.